0: A poem is a small machine made of words. William Carlos Williams.
1: Welcome to the Small Machine Talks, exploring the poetry scene of central Canada and beyond, with Amanda Earle
0: and A.M. Kozak.
1: Helen, oh, hello. I'm Am Kozak, and I guess I am starting the podcast today. This is episode 53 of the Small Machine Talks. I'm here with my co-host. Amanda Earle. And we have a special guest today.
2: Ellen Chang Richardson. Hello, Ellen. Hello. Hi.
1: How's everyone this afternoon?
2: Pretty good, actually. Gorgeous day
1: out. Uh, we, we have different definitions of a gorgeous means, but I'm <laughs> glad that you are enjoying your first winter living in our fair city.
2: Mm -hmm. Ask me again in March. I will ask you again in March
1: and it might change. Um, So we're going to be chatting today um, about some things and maybe to give us some context. Amanda, would you like to read Ellen's bio?
0: I shall do that. All All right. right. Ellen Chang Richardson is an emerging poet, writer, and copy editor based in Ottawa and Toronto. Recipient of the 2019 Valium Award for Poetry, her work has appeared or is forthcoming in publications such as Rice Paper Magazine, My Small Press Writing Day, The Lit Mag Love Anthology, Blood and Water, Coven Edition's Grimoire, and The Heart House Review. Ellen is the founder of Little Bird's Poetry, an editing workshop for poets and creative writers. Her first chapbook, Unlucky Fours, is forthcoming this spring with Anne Strother Press. I guess we sort of answered the first question, <laughs> yeah. but I can expand. Oh Nia. yeah, yeah, I
1: Nia, yeah. Um, I do then, the
0: questions
2: before I get the bio. So <laughs>
1: and we have some links uh, that we'll include for Little Birds Poetry and for what I mean. I guess it's a personal website,
2: professional website, <laughs> personal professional
1: <laughs> website. Um, so I guess why don't I start off with the questions? Sure. All right. All right. Would you mind telling us more about what a Little Bird's Poetry is?
2: Absolutely. So it's a roundtable editing series. Uh, it's a workshop series, and I cap it at about six. I'm considering upping it to eight just based on yesterday's attendance rate. But uh, it's an editing workshop for professional poets and creative writers where we table poems that are nearly done, in, and edit them in preparation for submission.
1: So what makes that different, or is it any different from just your average creative writing, sharing circle, creative writing workshop, or you're sharing your work with your peers?
2: I think one of the main uh, differences that sets it apart is that I don't charge for people to come and attend them. Mm-hmm. It's part of the mandate for it, is mm-hmm. um, when I first started writing in April, I was based in Toronto at the time, and I was looking for a workshop where I would be able to get just a couple like extra eyes on my work, and I couldn't find anything that uh, wasn't $75 to $150 per session. So I thought, you know what, if that's the case, why don't I start my own, get some like-minded people together and see what happens. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In a way,
0: you've kind of answered my what made you decide to start a question. but. <laughs> I- Well, basically you started because you you were looking for editing people to edit with too
2: yeah well the thing is is that editing is such an important process to the writing process and it's not really talked about as much um yeah there's a lot of creative writing workshops out there especially i've noticed a lot of creative writing workshops in this city Mm -hmm. you know a lot of professors out of the university of ottawa or Carleton will run creative writing workshops which are fantastic there aren't a lot of sort of mutually beneficial editing workshops where you can sit down with your peers and in a space that is inclusive and open and honest and table your work and get some feedback for it
1: mm-hmm. yeah at least not ones that are open to the public there used to be some more i think I mean, maybe they've all mostly stopped eh
0: well it feels like so inwards um for a while had a regular writer's circle, Inwards magazine, which was out of Carleton University. But I feel like Inwards is not active these days at all or I could be oh. wrong, but I haven't heard a peep out of them this year since sometime last year. So and U of
1: O we had one when I was in my undergrad at U of O and then it's it kept going for a little while and I think they stopped yeah. as well. And then yeah, there's been some other little ones and I think they're der- yeah, they haven't been as active.
0: Yeah, a lot of a lot of them are are ones you have to pay for though. Like um, some like there's a lot of. Um... Uh, poets running workshops you can pay for like Mm -hmm. Pearl Peary has a has her uh, studio what is it called I'm sorry but it's Fafours, her press and she does that and there's Deanna Young Rob McLennan too Mm -hmm. but they again you you pay for and in the uh, either a manuscript editing uh, service or there's like a something like a workshop Rob sometimes runs or he hasn't for Mm -hmm. a few years now but uh, or Mm. since last year I think But those work- workshops are actually fantastic, are. too, because yeah. they're,
2: they're different structures. So I think the yeah. difference with Little Birds is that the structure is a bit different than those workshops yeah. that are offered by Pearl and, and Rob.
1: So you saw a need for this sort of workshop that was free and accessible. What mm-hmm. made you want to be the person to facilitate or to take the, take the reins and start it? Because that's a lot of organizing something and facilitating something can be quite a bit of work.
2: I've always been a bit of a go-getter, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer.
1: <laughs>
0: What's the opposite of a go-getter? Like a stop receiver? It's like a football I position know. or something. Like receivers. Uh, tell that you
1: do not watch much football.
0: <laughs> you know, I don't watch any, but I do like football movies and shows. So I, I'm, right. I'm I'm a paradox. What can I say?
1: Okay, so yeah, you just saw the the need. You went <clears throat> you went for it. Um, currently, you run workshops both in Toronto and Ottawa. If that's do you, still true. <laughs> is that still true? The, web, the website it claims it's true. It is
2: actually. I'm. I'm. Our next workshop is December twenty third, and that's taking place in Toronto. So. so do
1: you travel back and forth personally?
2: I do personally for. I mean, my own pleasure as well as work sometimes brings me there my publisher answer press is based in toronto so i'll be mm-hmm. back and forth over the next year my best friend lives there and i can't go like two mm-hmm. months without seeing her face <laughs> so <laughs> because i do travel back and forth between the ottawa toronto corridor quite often i figured yeah. why not offer both work uh, this series of workshops in both cities when i can yeah
1: and have you thought about expanding to other cities as well, the obvious the obvious uh, one being potentially Montreal?
2: That that was actually a, one of my favorite questions on here. Um, you can dream now. <laughs> I, I've been considering it, but we'll have to see where my personal writing practice takes mm-hmm. me. At the moment, a lot of Montreal publications, knock on wood, are liking my poetry, so mm-hmm. that's fun. I have a mm-hmm. piece coming out with Post uh, Poésie mm-hmm. Contemporaine in, I think, um, week or so mm-hmm. um so maybe but I'm also open to kind of collaborating with other like writers and artists to do, run po- pop-up workshops okay if, I like the term I like the idea of a pop-up workshop yeah
1: <laughs> like in another city you mean, or exactly anywhere?
2: so if they're based in a different city and they want to collaborate with me to run a little birds pop-up over there I'm more than
1: happy to chat Okay, so then if you're just, like, traveling somewhere or thinking of traveling somewhere, you could do a pop-up one that we don't have to go back every once in a while. You can mm-hmm. just go for the one time.
0: Exactly. Cool. This isn't this is on the list, but I realized that... Um, what what What's the uh, um, reason for the title of Little Birds? I only know the Anais Nin book, Little Birds, but... Uh... That's exactly oh
2: the yay. reason. So when I was growing up, um, I, like <laughs> I love Anais Nin's yeah. work, and uh, she was also such a supporter for women writers across the United States during her time hmm. when she was both practicing and uh, kind of a public figure in the literary world down there. So Little Birds, the erotic anthology, has been in my library since I was about 14 years old. Really? Don't tell my parents.
0: You're not <laughs> listening, are you, Mom and Dad? <laughs>
2: <laughs> so she's a huge inspiration for me. That's, so that's great. I'm glad that was, that
0: was the case. I thought, for some reason, I thought that must be for that, but, you know, mm-hmm. Who knows what? It is. There's also the uh, oh no, that's sorry. Pointy birds is the is the Steve Martin uh, poem from uh, the Man with Two Brains, but that's that's a different thing entirely. I'm gonna We're have to look that up. That, <laughs> the movie The Man with Two Brains is great, but it's old. Yeah.
1: And if, in terms of uh, other cities pop ups are expanding, have you thought about either collaborating or having other someone else that you know facilitate a workshop that you're not present at as part of like the Little Birds? I don't want to say brand because I think it's a Bad word I poetry, don't like but the word I, brand. That's why I said yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to say the yeah, word I know. brand. Amanda. I agree. I'm
2: agreeing with you. I don't know. I'm from the commercial industry, so okay. I don't so mind brand. brand. Right. Yeah. So
1: the little bird's um, brand expanding the brand. Yeah, I'm
2: very open to that. Yeah. Um, there's actually a. Uh, sort of a similar style of workshop that originated in Paris called Drunken Poets. Okay. And that the facilitator of that partners with other facilitators around the world to run Drunken Poet workshops. So ideally, maybe one day in the future, if anyone out there feels like facilitating a workshop that I'm not part of in a different city around the world, I'm very happy to chat. All right. Hello. Sounds good. What about uh, the process? Can you talk, tell us a little bit
0: about uh, what the process of the workshop is, and then uh, also, I guess, why you limit, why you've been limiting the group to six people, and might want to expand. But uh, yeah, we so
2: just heard. Um, they take place at the moment in Ottawa. They take place the first Saturday of every month at Black Squirrel Books for three hours. I don't really like to encroach on everyone's lives. I think it's a great way to start a Saturday, but it's a Saturday in the city and. There's lots to do, and so, um, you know, that's part of the reason that I had limited the number of attendees as well, is because I want to give every single writer their due time. Right. And so, up until recently, it was six poets slash writers that tabled two about two poems okay. each, and then we would, let's say, if the three of us are part of one workshop, we'd start with you, Am and uh, you would read your poem out loud or choose not to if you prefer and then we would edit spend some time editing it and then discuss it and give you feedback as well as how we interpreted the poem which then allows you to kind of re, re- revisit the poem and finesse it in a way that works for your vision for the piece and then we would go around the table clockwise or counterclockwise. <laughs>
1: so everyone's giving feedback <clears throat> and yours is sort of providing the structure of, of the table and mm-hmm. of, of the process. Yeah,
2: making sure that it flows and continues moving um, okay. to fit within the three hours. So what was fun for me yesterday is that I actually had nine attendees, including myself. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it just happened that uh, usually I request that yeah, registration yeah, is required yeah, and... You- Um, A couple attendees just forgot to confirm with me, but showed up anyway, which was delightful. And so we went through every single writer and managed Mm. to finish with 10 minutes to spare. So that's why I've been considering potentially upping it.
0: But we'll see. And and so people aren't required to bring poems, like send poems ahead of time, or it's just on the spot reading and...
2: Mm-hmm. It's on the spot. So in Toronto, it's, it's actually very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Toronto, a lot of my writers who attend are male. And in Ottawa, a lot of my writers who attend are female. Really? I don't know what that's about, mm-hmm. but it's very interesting to see. Um, so what I found is that in Toronto, a lot of the writers who attend my workshops prefer to work digitally. And so they will share either a Google Docs and every single person will have a computer. Whereas here, uh, most writers prefer to work on paper. So they'll bring six printed copies and we'll share them around the table the day of. Makes sense, makes sense, Mm -hmm. yeah.
1: So, similar question. What's your approach to facilitating groups in a creative writing context? How do you approach that space? Do you have any particular things that you like to do or don't do? Um, how, do you, how do you try to have the conversation flowing and, and go deep? What are some of the things that you, that you do?
2: I think I've been pretty lucky. <clears throat> so far touch, so wood. far, touch wood. She Every... to deal with me. <laughs> I would love to deal with you. Um, but a lot of my, the poets and, and writers who have attended my workshops are fantastic individuals who are excited to be there and want to... Kind of dive into critiquing you know peers works and also having their own work critiqued in a similar fashion so really my approach is to make sure that everyone feels comfortable mm-hmm. um that's good <laughs> and yeah and that uh, everyone can feel sort of safe sharing their opinion about the work but also be aware of who's around them and who they might be you know rubbing elbows with in a constructive way Mm -hmm. um and then also just keeping tabs on time so that don't go over we don't go over anything like that
1: if there's cases where like you feel like it's not you're not sure if someone everyone's comfortable or feels safe or if if the criticism isn't constructive is there any like tools that you use or things that you come back to to try to redirect the conversation
2: Absolutely, I actually had a a situation in Toronto. One of my first workshops, not the very first one, but one of the more preliminary ones where I was still trying to kind of get into my groove. Um, There was a situation where one of my writers wasn't feeling very comfortable by the presence of another person there. So what I, I used to work in luxury sales. Okay, and what is uh, luxury I, love, sales? I
1: love to hear the parallel. I'll keep going. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> okay. Sorry.
2: So when I when I worked in in the art gallery uh, in Toronto, we are gallery openings were open to primarily our list, but they were also listed publicly, so anyone could attend. However, it it was very important for our clients to feel comfortable, and so there were certain practices that we were taught by my mentor at my time during my time there to kind of ease um troublemakers in and out of the space and uh interesting yeah <laughs> it, i find them very helpful <laughs> um and in the end uh the character that i'm talking referring to at one of my first workshops decided to leave on his own accord Oof.
0: Yeah, what, but, what yeah. kind of what kind of if can you think of an example of a, a strategy that you might use on a person who wasn't respecting?
1: And even the, if like if yeah. it's too personal for yeah. a workshop, no. maybe the maybe the I don't know how many fine art uh, dealer type <laughs> folks are listening right now. So an example from that.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't have could, to could be. specific. I'd rather use an example from the workshop. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what I actually did in that that situation is I personally put myself physically in between the two people. Well, and I just killed the troublemaker with okay. kindness. The word "killed" kind of scared me for a second. I, oh, she killed him. My God, with kindness.
0: With kindness. Well, that's that sounds lovely. There you go. Now I want to be a troublemaker. No, I don't.
1: I'm just kidding. <laughs> have you done other sorts of? Well, I guess you just talked about uh, the art sales, but have you done mm. other sorts of group facilitation or sorts similar sorts of work that you think plays into? how you facilitate groups or run a workshop?
2: Never in a creative writing context, but I have done uh, sort of, I've facilitated curatorial art tours and uh, lectures and that sort of thing, so.
1: Do you notice any like similarities, differences between the two sorts of environments or audiences?
2: It's funny because I think my nine to ten years working in sales and uh, dealing with the general public has really primed me for <laughs> what I want to do now. Mm. There's a lot of crossover skills that you can yeah. carry to both. Yes, me now.
0: How have you found the experience <laughs> of editing
2: um, with, like, in this format together with a group affects your own poetry? I think it helps quite a bit. Yeah. Um, you know, there's often times where you can get so connected to your own work. Like you're a writer yourself, Amanda, you know. You've, you're like-
0: <laughs> So Aaron. Just to <laughs> Love it.
2: Um, I'll need to read some of your work, please. Oh,
1: if, if you like to, you're
2: welcome to. <laughs> He's got
1: his whole- No. Let's
0: see his whole
2: you. <laughs> you're both writers. So you know how much, you know, you're personally invested in a work and sometimes a choice of syntax might not actually Translate as well as you thought it did to someone who's never experienced your work before. And I think that's the benefit to these workshops is that it allows, you know, for me personally, it allows um, feedback from writers who have never seen my work, who yeah. may not have ever seen my work. And if sure. they still resonate with it and can offer, which they do, which thank you guys, <laughs> um, <laughs> there you go. and they offer constructive feedback, like it helps immensely
0: makes sense yeah well I, I tell the story of when i started to um to um when i started to do uh, run bywords.ca and it was like 2003 and i hadn't i i had been part of um a creative writing workshops at ottawa u uh but i that was basically all my experience as an editor so then uh, when i started to read basically i would i had to read the poems as well and and be part of the selection of the poems but and um, i noticed some of the things that I I had been doing in other people's poems that didn't that weren't successful, and I thought, oh, okay, yeah. now I understand why. Like it mm-hmm. helped giving me an objective distance to actually look at other people's poems as mm-hmm. well. So yeah, because you're
1: going in with the viewpoint of you're trying to give constructive criticism, so you're seeing things mm-hmm. that you may not initially like or connect with. And you realize that oh i do the same thing
0: exactly so then mm-hmm. as
1: you're doing it with yourself you can kind of remember oh because you saw it in a different context you're more that separation i think allows you to say maybe i can edit it this way or take this part out That's it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: is there it's not on the list but is there a particular um uh piece of advice that you give or have received for your own work or someone or you give for other people's work like it comes up more than once and i know it's not on the, it's not on the list of prepared <laughs> questions so you know
2: you're making me think
0: i know <laughs> well you know you have the well, while
1: she thinks amanda would you like to answer your own question
0: oh about about uh things i, I usually crop up for me
1: yeah.
0: well i i am um, one of the things i've done is for angel house press is for about a year and a half i haven't continued this because i haven't um I've had to focus on other things, but I ran a a close reading uh, service for new uh, women and gender queer uh, poets, and uh, so something that comes out, the first thing is um, um, order, like uh, consider um, varying the order from, you know, like from chronological beginning middle end things mm, like that. Okay. Consider starting in the middle, consider starting at the end. Turn the whole poem upside yeah. down. See what see what happens. Consider. Like I like I always tell people consider. I never say you should or anything. I, I'm always yeah. saying you know, consider trying this or trying that. I'm all about trying weird things to make the poem new and fresh. I have a real problem with clichés myself and stock images. It's Drives me insane! How bad like, how I'm so programmed by, by everything yeah, you know—the the media, the world, mm-hmm. bad,
2: awful politicians. Well, I think it's easy to fall back on yeah. um, on trite sayings. Or just like well, not a, not trite, but like cliched sayings that happen to fall into your vocabulary. Yeah, but like, what
0: happens is people just then, you know, they skip over, right? They mm. just, or if you can play with the cliche yeah. and yeah. do something fun with it, then. Yeah,
2: I find that I, I do sometimes struggle with that as well. Like I'll use a general term like anxieties when I mean a specific anxiety and so a great takeaway from this and advice that I usually give and then find that I have to face a mirror and take it myself is to be slightly more specific
1: yeah yeah Yeah.
0: Yeah. what about you do you have any examples of
1: that I think the one that I noticed myself doing and then I I always pick it up pick up on it in others writing and then only when I'm fully (laughs) present my oh I do this all the time I use I use two examples when I could use one.
0: Oh yeah, yeah mm. there's I'll, that list thing where you use listings, two or three Yeah,
1: so I'll use two verbs or yeah. two full examples I and know when, like, What I tell people is like, usually, not always of course But if you have one strong example, usually it's better than two examples Because then you're kind of like pulling the reader in two different yeah. directions Yeah. So I have to remember myself cut off the second example and just take the first one a little bit further in most cases because that, that also goes back to the specific thing, right? Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah.
2: I, I find I sometimes do that too. Like, I, I, it's funny, I'll use, or I'll use two words that are similar Slightly different, so a bit of like an oxymoron situation happening within one stanza. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And whenever I'm editing other people's work, I'm like, "Oh, you've used used two different words. Maybe you should select which one you mean more specifically." And then I'll go back to my own work and be like, "Oh, well, great. Do do as (laughs) as I say." Yeah, exactly. Well, that's that's good. It's okay. I depend on my other little birds poets to catch it in my work. Well, what I think
1: editing, I think what a big point of big uh, overarching point of this is that editing helps us be more attentive writers mm-hmm. as well. We're,
0: what I always say is um, it helps translate um, what's in your head to, uh, to the page. Mm-hmm. I know when I started writing it was it was really frustrating or at least sharing my work because what was up here was not getting down there. So a good editor can help you try to do what what do what you you know what what's there in your head which yeah is, that's that's for me is the point i want to i want as an editor what i'm trying to do is help the person achieve what they're what's up there mm-hmm. right? so.
2: and on that note actually i do have to say i always say yeah. in my workshops and even on my own practice as a like, you know, friend editor copy editor writer i always tell people that you know at the end of the day it's your work exactly so take the criticism and if there are certain things you disagree with for the integrity of the poem Mm. disagree with them
0: absolutely take what what you like uh, leave the rest yes or or even use it in whatever way sometimes one thing i have found sometimes when someone has edited like has offered editing suggestions on my work i'll feel strongly about you know why that won't work but i'll say but mm-hmm. you know that's not there in the poem but yeah. and what's in what the reason why is there yeah. oh okay and that helps to clarify what that i've clearly not yeah. been communicating that and i wanted to so or yeah.
1: someone will like mention something about a particular line or phrase that i don't like their suggestion but but, I, but they found but, yeah but i saw like oh they had a, they thought about this phrase and i think about the phrase i'm like oh yes i could make this phrase better mm-hmm. but maybe not in the way that they suggested exactly. but they caught on that there was something maybe yeah Mm lacking or missing there exactly
0: so Mm -hmm. it's helped it's it's helped a lot i mean sometimes you never know how you help that's why i I sort of one of the other thing about being uh, editing people's work i find is i i take my own ego out of it so like i'm just i give them i i'll i'll just like i'll often brainstorm i'll give like a lot of a lot of really like i'll just give as many suggestions i can think of it doesn't mean that i necessarily think they should do that but i know that i'm raw material for whatever they they can use me as mm-hmm. raw material as a resource mm-hmm. the other thing i do as an editor, i try to do is offer if usually I'll, like if for this close read service i would ask them um say what the, some of their influences are and i might look at some of those influences to see if they were doing something similar to what the person is trying to do and show them how they've done it instead or things like so
2: that. so that's actually something that's a tactic i use on okay. occasion because um, sometimes you know the there will be a poem or a work table that's a little bit harder to break through, and when that silence is poignant, is when I kind of ask the writer if they have any sort of comments that they w- want want yeah. to share with us to help us help them, mm-hmm. so to speak.
0: Yeah, that's a yeah. good that's a good idea too. Yeah, mm-hmm. and just sometimes too. Like, I I I would like I would like an anthology like this. The anthology has various. Uh, poems and stuff but with different techniques and like examples of like okay so this is an example of this type of image and so that i could just refer to it and say instead cuz i go through my whole library of, of my bookshelves trying to find similar poems sometimes when Maybe i'm trying, struggling to put with
1: it. yeah i, a, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I Maybe you have to you, put Amanda. it together <laughs> yeah.
0: I, know. I, think, I don't think it exists
2: i think this I is a project you should start yeah there,
0: i have a lot of i have a lot of dream anthologies <laughs> that i have a whole list of anthologies that i'd like to put out so yeah that's one one of them for sure like a, a, a yeah a concordance I guess I would call it
2: concordance yeah so you've got the title already and everything
1: there <laughs> right uh, so for your po- i guess this is the one run on, right yes for your poem meltwater basin which i believe was in at least two publications mm-hmm. lit mags loves blood and water anthology and rice paper magazine is that correct
2: yes so it was first published in rice, rice paper, paper magazine in july
1: mm-hmm.
2: and lit Mag love is an incredible yeah. platform and um Program that's run by Rachel Thompson. She's one of the editors over at Room Magazine, mm-hmm. and uh, she put together this anthology of previous, or sorry, yeah, previous, current, past uh, Lit Mag Lovelies, as she calls them, and it was a collection of work that had been published since people took the
1: course. Okay, yeah, so, so cool. we get the yeah. same poem published twice within like four months.
0: Yes, <laughs> and the nice thing about it too, <laughs> that, um, because I I um, listened to one of the... they had the readings. Um, they they did a reading that where everyone uh, through Zoom, yeah. and everyone. Well, I guess they did a couple of readings that way and I listened to one and the readings people were all over they were in their homes basically yeah. Yeah. and it was really lovely like it was li- as an audience member they had you know make sure that we couldn't talk but you could you could send chat, you could send applause by text to mm-hmm. them all and it was oh, really yeah. lovely experience it's like a conference call it was like a conference yeah. call exactly but for like poetry <laughs> I thought it was really nice it was much you know, nicer than a conference call you know call.
1: what I was thinking a couple of years ago when I was doing yeah. all these conference calls which I always do now I'm like this, this format could be used more creatively mm-hmm <laughs>
2: well zoom so rachel is starting that and so she ran a series there were three readings that took place around the launch of the anthology in september and it was super fun like you could just tap in from your home computer where we are now you can be anywhere in the world so for our reading specifically we had you know my fellow readers were tap like Tapping in from Thailand and Hong Kong and Canada so and so,
1: so you just tap in when it's your turn to read, you perform. And yeah. then someone you tap off, someone else taps in. Yeah, and there's, and there's a facilitator. A yeah. 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 yeah was great. That's great. That's a really cool idea. <laughs> it's a great and idea. I think yeah. that um, yeah, that's a, and I'm sure yeah, it's happening in some I think it can happen and should happen more.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, and the anthology too is neat because it's um, it's people uh, work is republished, but they also talk a little bit about the process as yes. well. So, um, and it's free. I'll I'll, mm-hmm. I'll put up the link. Sorry, sure. I didn't mean to cut you off. Here, it's okay. It.
1: I was halfway through the question.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so we've established that this poem has been published
0: twice. <laughs> We're like on the on the stand now, Your Honor. <laughs>
1: And you said the poem went through (laughs) 70-plus revisions. Yeah, man. Can you talk about the process of editing and revising the poem?
2: Absolutely. Uh, That poem started off in like a late, I probably shouldn't say this, but a late night, like, wine, beer-filled haze of a writing night for myself. really? (laughs) So
1: wait, you you were drinking? I was hammered.
0: We've um, never heard that before. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: We're actually sponsored by a Scotch uh, brand. We are?
2: Yeah. Lag of woolen. I wish yeah, they we've did sponsor it. We've been trying to
1: get a, a Scotch sponsorship for three <laughs> are years. Are you serious?
2: Now. I love Lag
1: of wool. we don't have any here. Do you have any contacts? You're in marketing.
2: Maybe I, I can make some. That's yeah, an amazing we, question. I can make friends quite We easily. have lots of other scotch in the cupboard, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If, if you can't get
1: legal, and we will accept someone uh, All right, someone let me see but. what
2: I can do. Give me a year. You're okay. still asking the <laughs> question. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. Right, you, were, um, you, were you were drinking. Yeah, so I, I was drinking were... heavily that evening, and yeah. I came up with this. You know, I had just gone to an art bar um, poetry night, and I, I was trying to figure out a different way to write a poem, um, up until Meltwater Basin, a lot of my poems had been very small, so mm-hmm. I they would fit into the um, the micro poetry, poetry genre. But Meltwater Basin is not that; it actually takes up about a page in length, mm-hmm. um, a
0: screen and a, and a little bit, uh, a screen ha- and a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I did kind of like free write it, and then went back and tried to like play with space and. A lot of the seventy-plus revisions is because for a while I was obsessed with two commas, and I didn't know whether or not to keep the comma or to leave the comma or to replace the comma with a space or a semicolon. And you can actually see if you take a look at the work that there are a few commas in there, all carefully selected.
1: What happened to those two commas in particular? One of them was removed. One of them one, and stayed. One,
2: yeah, one passed. Okay.
1: <laughs> one is
2: leading a very nice life in someone else's poem. Yeah, that's yeah. how they. Hopefully, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then I also took the poem on stage, so I did read it out loud, right? As that makes well, a difference at too. open mic, yeah. which then also made a difference, mm-hmm. and that prompted another couple revisions. And I sent it to a fellow writer, and that prompted a few other revisions. So,
1: did you work on it in with the little birds?
2: That was not one that I worked on with little birds because I had finished it actually before I started the, the little, little birds Workshop. workshops. Okay. But my upcoming chapbook with anstruther press Mm -hmm. was a poem that i had worked on with little birds poetry in toronto it started off as one singular long poem and then after tabling it all every single reader around the table suggested that i break it up into different poems all around one theme because
0: interesting so a poem sequence Yeah, yeah yeah
2: I'm very excited about the book. Actually, That's there'll great. be two launches: one in Toronto, one in Ottawa. Oh, so, great. both
1: come. When is it coming help? Spring, spring 2020. The bio. There
2: we go. <laughs> Sometime between January and May is my guess. Okay. If it's spring
1: in Ottawa, it might <laughs> yeah, be in <laughs> July. but, yeah, but it'll, be, it'll be in May. Is what you're saying? Uh, <laughs> Not
2: sure. <laughs> I'll keep you posted, though. <laughs> okay, okay, cool. That'll be
1: great. Uh, and who is who is your editor there?
2: Jim Johnstone.
1: Good. he's, yeah, he's, he's good. incredible. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Good guy. Yep.
1: Um, I believe this is your question now, Amanda. Oh, right.
0: Mm-hmm. Anything else you'd like to talk about? <laughs> scotch. Scotch. We all would like to talk yeah, about Yeah, I know scotch.
1: about scotch. What, yeah. a, what, a, what do you want to talk about?
0: Well, what's your favorite? Oof. Mine is Lagavulin. and I'm just saying
1: that. I do like Lagavulin. and I like Laphroaig. Mm-hmm. Laphroaig. 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 Um. What
0: do you, why do you like
2: Laphroaig?
1: I found it's a good bang for your buck. Oh, it that's It's really a, tasty, and it's yeah and it's you know you get it under 100 bucks so
2: mm-hmm. that's a big one
1: yeah it went
0: up it used to be under 100 and then it went up I've never uh, seen in my it lifetime okay.
1: mm-hmm. Well, i've never seen it under okay 100. wait
2: how big of a bottle are we talking about because the smaller one is under 100. well
1: the 16 year 16- the uh the 26 ounces is that the standard yeah, size yeah
0: i guess that's a standard it's been so long since i've had it now i don't even remember but um
1: i think they go for like 140. no yeah it's hard. expensive I don't oh. know if I've actually ever bought one.
0: <laughs> I have bought many of yeah. them, in my, but not not lately. But uh, yeah.
2: Beaumont is also another good one. If you're a fan of Lagavulin, yeah. but you don't like the price point, Beaumont is fantastic.
1: My favorite, actually, I forgot, is Ardbeg, which Ooh. is the smokiest uh, scotch. Do you I think love it's smokier,
0: smokier than Lagavulin?
1: Well, they're both pretty smoky, but it's a little cheaper than Lagavulin. Yeah.
0: Mm. It sounds like aardvark, too. So it does sound like aardvark,
1: too. You get they got extra points. <laughs> That's it.
0: Yeah. Well, there you go. Another time, well, we should be doing the the Scotch. Wait, we this is before your soccer, so we're not. i are not that.
1: gonna drink. Well, so I never, never know. It might make be you play better.
2: <laughs> there you go. More
1: flexible.
0: <laughs> every once in a while, we have, every once in a while, we do have a little a little a wee dram at the before during the podcast. Yeah, you know,
1: something to celebrate. Or, we have you
0: know. we have a whole cabinet full. Oh, I shouldn't be saying that on the air. Yeah, we- <laughs> 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 liquor that is not. Being touched uh, Oh, whatever. Started. Yes, <laughs> yeah. there you go. All right. So that was the last thing we want to talk about. Is scotch. Is anything else on anyone's minds before we? This is our. I think our last. Uh... I mean,
2: in a more serious note, I think if you're thinking of writing or you yep. want to write, just write. Honestly, anyone who's listening, if you have like an inkling to write something, just write. That was a good good pun and inkling to write. Yeah, thank I you. I like puns. <laughs> oh, well, you're in the right place. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I do think that this being a poetry podcast, I'd say probably 90% a plus of the listeners are... Uh, writing poets, poets yeah. themselves. The yeah, yeah. rest writing. are
0: stalkers and personal <laughs> fans. of yeah, potentially. Or, well, or you? We possibly.
2: like you too. <laughs>
0: Sometimes. All right. Well, uh, for I guess this is our last podcast of 2019. So thank you for a lovely decade, everyone. And oh uh,
1: yeah, is this really the end of the decade as of next year? No, 2019. But one doesn't it start with one.
0: Anyway, according to the <laughs> according to social media, I don't know Never about mind. math. Sorry, it's the end of the
1: decade, fine. We start the Roaring (laughs)
0: Twenties on January 1st.
1: (laughs) Roaring Twenties. Yeah, I guess we usually mean like the zero starts the decade, eh? Yes, yes. That doesn't make sense. No, I know. Math
0: is tough. I've heard heard that before. All right, all right, cool. So anyway, have a good whatever holiday uh, you celebrate
1: or time off. Don't celebrate.
0: Time off, and uh, Mm -hmm. uh, thank you for listening, and thank you to Ellen for
1: being here and Aaron. Thank you for having me. Yep. All right, thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Machine Talks with Amanda Earle
0: and A.M. Kozak.